This is Dennis Michelson. Welcome to the Data Lab on For Frequency Sake. This is where all the hard work gets done, breaking down these fantasy football stats so you could be a smarter fantasy football player this year. Joining me in the Data Lab, as he does each and every week, he's the professor, John Bush. John, welcome back. Hey, I'm excited, Dennis. Uh, apparently, we're going to use some geometry, talking about area and volume. Volume, <laughs> you area. You forgot that from trig- your geometry class. Tri- trigonometry, geometry, and every other yeah. geometry. Of, of, yeah. yeah, we're, we're going to use them all today. So, mm-hmm. you know, to those folks that said, hey, I never used it. going to use the area or the volume of a cylinder. Here you go. <laughs> Here you go. You finally get to use it. But, but here's what sparked this idea that volume is king in fantasy football there is no debating that you cannot score points without having a volume of touches but this is what inspired this thought pattern is i once again on fantasy football twitter saw this long drawn out argument specifying that a certain running back was better than another runner running back he had more talent they said doesn't everybody in the nfl have a boatload of talent okay yeah i believe that's why they got there so how do you tell one guy's talent from the other when they're all amazing athletes it's like saying oh this guy's faster than the other guy because he ran the four uh, 40 yard dash three one hundredths of a second faster on the football field you can't even see three hundredths yeah <laughs> that's good Dennis. that's good and and it's not about blinding speed and athleticism it's about football iq as well as we're kind of seeing in the preseason from one of my favorite rookies Uh-oh. he's only a favorite because he's from purdue have you watched some of the routes that david bell is running I have not. Please tell me. Enlighten me. So David Bell, of course, got dropping on down everybody's draft list because he couldn't run a 40 as fast as a track star guy. So, but the last time I I looked, you don't get points for just running in a straight line, and you're certainly not wearing shorts and a T-shirt when you're out there on the football field. He has been making these really sharp route runs that is getting him into open space and Cleveland's their menagerie, their menagerie of, of sort of average quarterbacks is finding him in space. He's going to be a fantastic player, but if we try to look at his talent, is he more talented than the guys that came from Alabama? Is he more talented than the two wide receivers that came from Ohio state? My answer is, who cares? It's it's all about volume. And when I started breaking down volume, I, I found something rather peculiar because when I looked at volume, I said, okay, how many touches of the ball should a guy have to make in order to have a good fantasy football day? So I came up with the number 15 touches for a running back, whether that's carries or receptions. And I came up with five receptions for a wide receiver. And my my dumb logic here was, okay, if he gets five or 15 touches for a running back and he averages five yards per touch, 
whether it's a, a carry or or a reception, that's 75 yards, okay? So if he has 15 times 5, 75 yep. yards, that's 7.5 points in fantasy football. If you add a couple of points for a couple of those touches being receptions <laughs> in a PPR league, or you give the guy a touchdown, suddenly he's at a number that you like. Yep. So that's why I use that volume for running backs. But when I did the study and started looking at how many guys had 15 or more touches in 10 or more games, that's only 59% of the games, 17 games, 10 of 17, that's about 59%. I expected to see this huge number and then I expected, okay, I'll break it down by who had 14 games versus 10 and right. see if I can make some kind of uh, sense out of this data. 12. 12 running backs. That's it. Wow. There yeah. were 12 running backs that had a had five or 15 or more touches in 10 or more games last season. That is just a small, small list. Uh, it would seem to me that I, when you, uh, and I know you got an article coming out at scienceoffantasyfootball.com. It's coming out uh, as soon as the slow editor could get it out. <laughs> that would be me, folks. Uh, seems to me that if you mix this with ADP value concepts, you really can tease apart uh, who you should be drafting or not of these 12. And that would definitely intrigue me. And I think, Dennis, you might even want to look at the next tier down, the ones that say maybe got 11 touches or 12, you know, just barely didn't make it. Or, you know, who are those? Because they may be some of your sleepers. Yeah, and that, that's exactly it. Is let's take a look at little differences and see how that registers. Some of the guys are not a surprise. I mean, Jonathan Taylor had the most games with 15 touches at 16 of 17 starts last year. Uh, Najee Harris was number two with 15. Joe Mixon was up there. Austin Eckler was up there. Those are all guys that are the elite of the elite when it comes to fantasy football running backs this year. They're all going in the first round with the exception of Mixon, who I'm getting in many leagues in, in many leagues in, in many leagues. But then you get into guys who are quite frankly maligned when it comes to fantasy football. David Montgomery was the fifth highest with 12 games. David Montgomery is, is shunned by the fantasy football community on Twitter. They, they say he's a, you know, he's going to be replaced. He's not going to do well. Now, that's possible going forward. But if you are a coach with a player and he has already been able to handle this much volume, he's probably going to get a shot at this volume going forward because there's so few running backs that either can hang on to the ball while also gaining positive yards and also being able to pick up blitzes and stuff like that on passing downs. You get volume by being on the field. These guys 
were on the field. Another guy is being maligned right now, Antonio Gibson. Oh, he's been replaced already. I find it convenient that people, by the way, will look at a player that they don't like and they see him getting 10, 15 carries in the preseason. They say, oh, you know, that's they're only running him because he's the third stringer. They're keeping the, the starters safe, you know. They're not playing him that much in preseason. Yet for Antonio Gibson, it goes the other way. Oh, see, he's not running with the number ones. Yeah. But he had 11 games last year where he had 15 or more touches. That's pretty outstanding. So I look at this data and I and I say, there might be some hidden gems in here just based on guys that got volume. Uh, and, you know, Montgomery and Gibson are working well in my drafts, my 50 drafts or so, as a three or four running back uh, type. In other words, I, I agree. Those are those are treats coming down from heaven, and I'll take them all day long. It's, you know, I could get a mixing in the second round. So you could get an anchor, one of those anchor RBs, get mixing, come back and grab one of these three or four down. Man, there you go. You're ready to rock and roll. And guys that were just outside of that level but kind of got in there by five reception games. If you count their five reception games, even if they didn't make 15 uh, total touches, but that shows you a PPR value. You know, a guy who's in the passing game, that boosted up Saquon Barkley, Elijah Mitchell, and Miles Gaskin, of all people, to 10 games to that threshold that I was looking at. And maybe the reality here is that even though Miles Gaskin has more competition at running back, he clearly held off last year's competition. Maybe he does it again. And he's getting drafted so late he's virtually free in fantasy football right now. You know, and that I keep reading articles that he's going to be cut or he's on the roster bubble. I, you know, I don't know. I think if he's a free square in a deep draft, take him. You know, and, and just because he's let go, it doesn't. Yeah, mean doesn't he mean he gonna, can't find a great place. Right. Yeah, what if what if he's let go and he ends up with the Rams? Wow. You know, I mean, there's there's options out there that can happen to these guys, but I just look at the volume and I say, if this guy could do it in the past, maybe he could do it in the future. And when I look at the wide receivers and I set the bar low, five receptions in a game is incredibly low when you're figuring you want seven to 10 targets. Okay. So five receptions is not asking a lot yet. There were only 16 wide receivers that did that in 10 or more games and only one who is perfect cooper cup wow cooper cup's great by the way oh he's the he's a lock to be a top wide receiver again this year there's no doubt even though i think he'll be a little bit lower than yeah. a couple of guys he's still a lock to be a top five but the curious guy that showed up here is a guy that i've been all after uh -oh. this year and that the weekly values have been all after because he's one of my biggest differences versus ADP uh -oh. to the plus side. And that's Deontay Johnson because Deontay Johnson supposedly can't catch the ball yet. He had five or more receptions in 15 games last year. That's pretty outstanding. Uh, I think you and I discussed 
our uh, targets for what we call the wide receiver, you know, uh, bonus zone or whatever, instead of the RB dead zone, we call it the wide receiver bargain zone. And Deontay Johnson, I probably got him in at least half my 50 leagues. I've been hoarding him day and night. And just like our list at running backs, there's guys that made this list that are no surprise because they're the guys yeah. going in the first or second round. You got Devontae Adams with 15 yep. games. You got Justin Jefferson with 13. Yep. Keenan Allen with 13. Stefan yep. Diggs with 12. DJ Moore with 12. Yep. Debo Samuel with 12. But how about these guys that kind of okay. drifted in? I'm ready. I'm ready. Darnell Mooney. Woo! Hunter Renfro. Yeah. Okay. Marquise Brown. Okay. And a guy we love a lot more than most, Brandon huh? Cooks. Ooh, we love some Cooks. Guys yeah. that were I, missing from this list. Mike Evans. Uh-uh. Jamar Chase. Uh-uh. And when I saw that Jamar Chase wasn't on this line, and by the way, T. Higgins isn't on this list either. Okay. But when I saw that both of those guys were missing, I was like, ooh, this is kind of interesting. And Michael Pittman made the list with 11 games. So he had a big season last year, and maybe it's the volume that is Mm going to turn him into an elite wide receiver again. But only 16 wide receivers. And that's amazing because you're usually playing 36 of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, I I love Johnson Cooks and, you know, some of these other deeper targets. I just, I like that hoarding mentality there. And I think people are missing. But like I said, you and I have identified those cats in a couple of podcasts ago. We were talking about kind of our perfect round four to six yes. and and we were just going to try to grab three solid, get us some anchor RBs, maybe a tight end or whatever. One of the top three tight ends and then grab three of these cats, Johnson cooks, and maybe, you know, somebody else in there. And it sounds like your uh, roster construction, which I know we got an article coming out folks, hint, hint, uh, the editor needs to get to work here. We got, I'm <laughs> s- sitting on two dynamite articles. Come on, folks. Y'all need to pay attention here. But anyway, but- it just seems to fall right into place on what you're going to be bringing out here for these home league drafts this well, week and next. Well, in defense of the editor, I am, <laughs> I am from Chicago. So, uh, English is my second language. Oh, gibberish. Gibberish, gibberish is my first. So there's, it's understandable that there would be <laughs> issues there. But then using this same logic, I asked, uh-huh. how many elite tight ends are Ooh, there? Now, this sounds very intriguing. When it, when it comes to volume, and Kyle yeah. Pitts did not make this list. Oh, no. Darren Waller did not make this list. Yeah, I'm not surprised. George Kittle did not make this list. Yeah. yeah. The the two top guys were obvious. Mark Andrews in 13 games, Travis Kelsey in 11 games. And I would not be surprised if both of them, if they stay healthy, have more games over five receptions this year. 
but the third and final elite volume Uh-oh. tight end, Dalton Schultz. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, in strength of schedule that I've already talked about in some of my articles, I've got a great, great strength of schedule too, Dennis. So you kind of stack that on top of Schultz being potential. Uh, could be, a, a you know, a winner for you. Playoff weeks, if I remember right. Volume is what it's all about in fantasy football. And if you can get some guys that are good at consistently posting that volume, they're going to consistently point, give you points on a weekly basis. Weekly game. I don't care care what the year-end totals are. I want consistency. And these guys are going to get the consistent volume so, therefore, they are going to get the consistent points and not leave you in a lurch when you need them most in the playoffs. But wow. that article will be coming to Science of Fantasy Football. The professors got a lot of strength of schedule oh, info yeah. over there as well. Yep, but yep. I, I just wanted to break down the volume today here nice. on, the, on the Data Lab hey. here on for it's getting hot in the lab with all these hot takes here, Dennis. I'm, I'm telling you, the lab is a churning and a burning. That's right. With a lot of data. <laughs> I like and, it. And we will be back next week with another data analysis from the data lab here on For Frequency's Sake. For the professor, John Bush, this is Dennis Michelson. Come on back and see us again next week. Let's get to work, folks. 